Good morning, listeners. Happy Sunday. Welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and co-hosting, as always, my good friend, Patrick Anderson. Patrick, how's that second cup of coffee going? (laughs) (laughs) Just buzzing at this point. So, uh, yeah, you're on your second cup of coffee. I'm drinking an unsponsored seltzer. Uh, So, you know, we're kind of two peas in a pod. We're twinning. There we go. Have people said twinning in like the past seven years, or am I bringing that word back? You just brought it back. I just brought back yeah. hashtag twinning. Yeah. Um, hashtag twinning and hashtag winning. That's that's right. We are winning. Uh, and you know what else is winning? These albums we're going to talk about today. So how's that? How's that for a, a segue that I just reached for? Yeah. Dating our dating our meme history here too. <laughs> exactly world it is what it is we we can't keep up with the memes anymore um so if you've listened to the past couple of episodes of this podcast you may wonder do these guys even like music at all is there any is there any album that they think is good and that's a fair question to ask um though if if we hated every album it'd be weird for us to have a podcast where we talk about albums that's just self-loathing to the next level <laughs> that would be so annoying <laughs> <laughs> be so obno- most obnoxious people to be around um, yeah just but here's it's good <laughs> that's, yeah this is an opportunity though uh our uh what's the word uh quarterly there it is mm-hmm. seltzer bring uh our quarterly <laughs> Our quarterly podcast where we just share some of our recommendations. You know, this is our quarterly report of albums that we haven't talked about, maybe a little undercovered, especially by some of the more mainstream publications, uh, of just stuff we think you should check out and, like, our reasons as to why. Uh, Many of these are often some of our favorite albums of the entire year, uh, so this gives us a nice opportunity to discuss that. Each of us has three recommendations for you. Uh, and again, if you're wondering, oh, why isn't Kendrick in this, or why isn't Father John? We already talked about those albums on previous podcasts. Please feel free to check those out. And uh, at least in those cases, I don't think we would be recommending them on this podcast anyway. But nonetheless, um, each of us has three albums. We're going to alternate. Uh, Patrick, would you like to start, or would you like me to start? Um, you can start this time. How about that? Very. Yeah. Very nice. Thank you. Very, yeah, I'm feeling gracious. Very, thank you. Honestly, it's just getting to me before the seltzer really kicks in. That's, <laughs> there we go. That's that really, worked out well, too. That's right. It's also just kind of a, like toss-up. Like Whenever you ask me that, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, you literally just whatever comes to mind in a split second. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's how it should be, right? If you're thinking way too long, that's just dead air of yeah. nothing interesting. <laughs> that's a good point. If I'm really considering like... Hmm. Just nothing interesting at all. Just who would go first? You know what I mean? Like that's not. <laughs> I can't even make that. <laughs> um, that's too much pressure, man. So yeah, okay. So uh, thank you for letting me go first. Um, and we like to give awards. Another thing you like to do just off top is the awards. I actually kind of planned these ahead. Not that yeah. mine are very creative. Uh, that's what I'm going to be thinking of while you're talking. There you, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, this award is just. You know, cut and dry, my favorite album of quarter two. All right? So pretty, pretty easy there. Always a, always a classic. Yeah. I always, I typically start with that, unless we've already covered my favorite album of the quarter. Um, but we haven't. Um, this is Billy Woods with Ethiopes. 
Yes, my nice. fa- my favorite album of the quarter. Uh, longtime listeners of the Under the Scope podcast know that Billy Woods is one of my favorite rappers of all time. Uh, he's a New York rapper uh, whose work I've loved for several years now, both his solo material and also his work in the duo Arm and Hammer alongside Elucid. Uh, so many good albums, albums such as like History Will Absolve Me or Today I Wrote Nothing, Hiding Places, Race Music, Haram. These are just like some of my favorite hip hop albums over the past decade or so, and all of them are either Billy Woods albums or Arm and Hammer albums. Just a very consistently great rapper, in my opinion. Uh, but this new Billy Woods album, Ethiopes, is perhaps the project of his that I've dug into the most. Uh, and I'm glad I've dug into this album as much as I have because. There's a lot to enjoy on the surface, um, but there's so much more to appreciate as you unpack this dense and abstract album. Uh, and to be honest, I'll just you know point blank, as always is the case with Billy Woods. I'm sure I haven't even come close to unpacking everything here. Uh, you know, this is my opportunity and my best effort to like showcase what I took from this album, uh, and I probably am missing a lot. So I encourage further reading on this. Uh, but to me, that's part of the record's appeal, is trying to figure out exactly what is being said. Uh, this is an album that you can study as much as you can listen to it. Um, so for those of you who are unfamiliar with Billy Woods, here's something about his background that I didn't know until recently, but it kind of explains a lot. Uh, his mother is an English literature professor from Jamaica, and his father was a revolutionary in the Zimbabwe War of Liberation. Um, Sheesh. Yeah, which like explains a lot about Billy Woods as approach yeah. to hip hop. It's this like heady, intelligent hip hop that is also concentrated on issues of like society, race, class, etc. Uh, it's often difficult to decipher the meaning of these lyrics, but when a line or a verse does hit, it it's apparent that he's a wonderful poet uh, with a lot of like real hard hitting messages. And in the case of Athiopes, uh, at least one overarching, hard-hitting message like really resonated with me. Uh, much of this album is about the historical and current uh, mistreatment, exploitation, and uh, abuse of black people by white people uh, all throughout history. You know, there are discussions on this album about the European colonization of Africa, like in an attempt to control quote-unquote savages, right? Uh, colonizers' words, not mine. Uh, there are also references to, like, the Middle Passage and to the slave trade in general. And there are, of course, plenty of brilliant lyrics on this album that detail how this exploitation of black people is not something that just ended a long time ago and is in history books, but it's something that still happens every day, right? Uh, and I could spend the rest of this podcast just breaking down all of the fantastic lyricism on this album, but I am actually interested in what you have to say, too, so I'll just point out some of my favorite lyrics here. Uh, I think the last verse lyric on this album is not only a great example of Billy Woods' technicality and imagery, um, but it also beautifully kind of ties up these themes I just mentioned. Uh, fire in the cane fields, generational trauma, at the museum, eyes glassy from the pain pills, me and her in the diorama. So here's like Billy Woods at a museum, kind of seeing a black woman as a museum exhibit. You know, he's kind of staring into this exhibit and he's relating to her struggle 
and he feels that he has lived her experience, even though, you know, she is much older than he is. Um, so some of the same issues are still recurring all these years later. And it, it kind of brings it all back to this exploitation because what's a more perfect example of exploitation than like being yeah. used as a museum exhibit, right? So it's a very poignant and powerful lyric, but it also kind of showcases his great rhyme patterns. You know, he says cane fields and pain pills, uh, and he has clever wordplay too. I love this, um, you know, he mentions her eyes are glassy from the pain pills because that's, you know, your eyes are glassy when you take enough drugs, but also she's a museum exhibit, so her eyes are literally glassy. Uh, anyway, there's just so much to love about him lyrically. I love his unique metaphors on this album. Uh, he compares uh, crack addiction to the Challenger disaster, for example. I found that pretty interesting. Uh, I love, yeah. I always love his dark sense of humor, uh, which is like here and there on his albums. It's not like overly dark humor, but uh, there's a moment here. He discusses like a young black boy only getting house arrest once it was discovered that he was disabled. And he ad-libs, oh, good lawyer. You know, just kind of obviously pointing out just how messed up that situation is. Sheesh, yeah. Yeah, right. It just kind of like, oh, shit. Uh, and I love some of his, like, really thought-provoking one-liners on this album. Uh, Life gave me lemonade. I pour in my spirit of choice. Uh, the future isn't flying cars. It's Rachel Dolezal absolved. Uh, the film Black and White, who better to play black people than white men? You know, not only referring to Hollywood's use of blackface over the years, but also just what it means for white people to have played black people historically. You know, like playing someone, you played yourself, you're betraying, you know, all that. Mm. And he raps all of these lyrics in this commanding voice and a flow that's less about the flashy rhythm and more like a spoken word approach that really emphasizes the lyrics themselves. Um, it's worth noting that Billy Woods is not the only fantastic rapper on this album. A lot of my favorites are on here. Uh, I love the guest appearances from, uh, and this is just a few of them. There's a lot of features. Uh, Boldy James, Elucid, uh, Denmark Vesey, Mike Ladd, LP, Despot, Breeze Bruin, uh, Quelly Chris. I love the Quelly Chris line. I forget the exact lyric. But he says something like, that's no cap and all caps at the same time. And that's already something I've been like using in daily conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love that <laughs> lyric. Um, but the best guest on this album is DJ Preservation, who produces the entire album. And I think that singular producer approach really adds to this album's cohesion, especially since some of these songs seamlessly transition into the next one. Uh, I just love the production on this album, man. Like, none of it contributes, obviously, mm -hmm. to music you would, like, play at a party or in your car bumping it or whatever, but it contributes perfectly for the type of record that Billy Woods is going for here. Uh, it's very dark, uh, jazzy, eerie, strange, and, and subtle as well. Uh, but there's plenty of variety within the production from track to track. Uh, and even with that variety, none of it really feels out of place. It's just a very well-produced album. So overall, listen, man, I, I know I recommend Billy Woods like every single time we do this, but to be fair, he keeps giving me reasons to do so. Uh, Ethiopes is my favorite hip hop record of the year so far, and it's one of Billy Woods' best records, in my opinion. Uh, he's so consistent, and in my view, he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. Even if you disagree with that, it's I think it's hard to argue that he doesn't make his music with a lot of craft and skill and intention and purpose uh, he very clearly puts a lot of thought and care into his music so 
Uh, shout out to Billy Woods. I love this album. I'm giving Ethiopes a 9 out of 10. Yes, nice. Yeah, very good, very good album. Shout out to Billy Woods. That was awesome. That was a great breakdown of that. Thank you. And I, like I said, I would encourage further reading on this. It goes so much deeper than what I've talked about. And yeah. again, I've probably missed some things too. But every lyric here, there's this something interesting to take out of it. Uh, it's it's a really great experience. Yeah, yeah. that that that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, shout out to you for really getting me in on the Billy Woods mm. train too. I feel like over the past couple of years, like I've definitely been interested in him since you started recommending it, but he's also for me been, been one of those voices in hip hop that I have found more and more interesting. The more I decide to like go and actually read what he's saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you feel that way. And I agree. I actually love Billy Woods now more than I ever have. And I think I've loved his music for like six, seven years now. So I mean, just yeah. The keep... thing that got me into it at first was just his delivery because oh, it's just so dynamic and like gritty, but also really intelligent. And it's it's such a like fascinating blend of yeah. It like, it, it is yeah. very original. You know, I mean, he yeah. he definitely has inspiration from like MF Doom, and I would say Jizza as well. But he no one really raps like Billy Woods raps. He's just kind of shouting what he thinks you know in a way that still makes sense musically so i don't know very interesting uh original rapper nice work that's awesome yeah thanks that was that, that got me in a good mood to to talk about mine which is uh not nearly as deep <laughs> like, <laughs> hey that's all right here um but still super super enjoyable um so my award for this is <laughs> The HP Lovecraft Award. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not in terms of not in terms of racism, but <laughs> good. <laughs> in, in terms of uh, in terms of just the horror elements and really freaky Cthulhu style oh, yes. Eldritch monsters uh, type of stuff. Very nice. Um, yeah, I got to make that clarification. <laughs> yeah, especially after the Billy Woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so this is the Blut aus Nord. Yes. Uh, I don't even, I don't know if I, I pronounced that right, but, you know, sorry if I, if I didn't. Um, but this is Disharmonium Undreamable Abysses. Um, the, these guys are a French uh, black metal group that I have heard about, like kind of on the on the Rate Your Music, Sputnik Music sphere. Sputnik Music loves to talk about anything new-ish black metal. So hmm. it's hard to sort out sometimes what's what's good and what's just hype. Um, so for a while, yeah. I, I'd just been seeing these guys' names floating around, and I was like, okay, okay, I'll check it out. Um, but I never really got into it. And then this album came out, and same kind of thing. I was like, all right, I'll... Maybe I'll check this out. And what caught me was really just the album cover at first. Mm -hmm. It is just a <laughs> fantastic, freaky, weird, fever dream, psychedelic uh, album cover that is just very hard to decipher what's going on in it, but just a lot of <laughs> body horror, like Eldritch Monsters type of stuff going on, and uh, a lot of just very freaky but oddly uh beautiful um 
aesthetics happening there. So I was like, "Ooh, this is really this this is promising already," and uh, it holds up. Like sonically, the album holds up to how bizarre and strange the cover is. Mm-hmm. It's just a really freaky hallucinogenic uh, journey. It has like some of these mel- melodic moments on it that are really great. Um, the space on it is so big it makes you feel like you're standing in the middle of like open space and you're just hearing all of this like kind of very powerful maybe sort of evil cosmic beings kind of like laughing (laughs) at you or or planning something not good (laughs) yeah yeah it's like a really freaky fever dream that has this scale to it that is just like otherworldly and, and frightening um yeah so it it opens up right away with uh chance of the deep ones which is totally fitting for <laughs> for, for what it says and it sounds exactly like that it sounds like um somebody having this ancient druid uh ceremony where they're trying to summon this like cthulhu beast or something um or like trying to bring some power from like this evil dimension or, or whatever. Um, but the guitar work on this is amazing. It's got this searing quality to it that's that's like very uh, harsh, but it also has this, like I said, it's kind of muffled behind this really thick wall of fuzz and making makes it sound super spacious. So there's actually like kind of this soothing element to it too. Um, I've listened a lot to this album when I'm trying to relax, huh. oddly enough, yeah. it's um, it's just a really good way to kind of like ease in some of like, uh, for me at least, like uh, for uh, just to ease in some of like the stress of the day or something like that um, into something a little bit more calm afterwards. Uh, and it's just so weird and freaky and pretty in in a lot of ways that it just it just makes things feel really nice when you're in the moment. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So it. I. I will say, from front to back, most of these tracks you could probably kind of like put on shuffle, hmm. and you wouldn't quite notice the difference between one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, there's been plenty of moments where I've just had this on, and I haven't even realized which track I'm actually really on because there's not a lot of diversity from one to the other Mm -hmm. um the like the biggest change of pace is probably on uh the fifth track that cannot be dreamed um which has just really the only big difference is it kind of has these slower moments of pacing um and kind of adds in some like post-rocky guitar elements but even then there's there's still all this chanting going on in the background and um but I'll say I, I think that you know sometimes an album really suffers from that. This one, there's it's a slight complaint, but I'll say like when you're in that mood, when you're in the moment for it, it's like exactly what you want. Um, it's just one of those like kind of, it's like a, a um, it's like a, a, a what am I trying to say? This uh, like a salve or something like that. You know oh, what I mean? Like I think a, so. Yeah. Yeah, where 
uh, like a hot bath or something, right? Where it's like it, it's it's just something for in the moment. It feels like exactly what you need, and then once it's once it's done, it kind of goes back on like the back burner, and you don't really think about it too much hmm. um, until you're like back in that mood again. And it's just it's really perfect for that. Um, so yeah, not really too much else to say about this one. Uh, but it is a uh, very fascinating and terrifying <laughs> album. Um, but I, I, I've been really loving it. I think that I've listened to this quite a bit. This is probably out of all of these albums that I'm talking about. I think I've definitely listened to this one the most. Okay. Um, so it, it's not uh, my favorite of the three, but it's pretty close. It's a eight out of ten. Very nice. I'm a uh... I expected you to talk about this one, I think, because I knew how much you were loving it. And because yeah. I knew that, I checked it out. And I'm not really someone who's super into black metal or anything, but you know, I got a decent amount out of this album, too. I, I thought Thanks. it was pretty enjoyable. So uh, I would consider it a good recommendation. And uh, you know, that's part of the fun of this particular podcast is you know we're talking about albums. Uh, I mean, Billy Woods has gotten some pub, especially like in the underground scene, of course, but... Um, you know, these aren't albums that you're going to hear about on uh, the radio or on uh, Pitchfork even, uh, some of the cases. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just kind of shedding some light on some of these maybe more under-the-surface albums that we've been digging. So, uh, yeah, good recommendation by you there. Um, nice. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, ready for my next one, I guess, here. Um, this award I'm calling uh, perhaps my favorite album of the year. And so you're like, okay, wait, 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 wait. that's right yeah so short time listeners of the of the uh, under the scope podcast might remember that i just said billy woods's ethiopes was my favorite album of quarter two so okay if that's the case then like how can this album be possibly my favorite album of the year so far well Mm -hmm. patrick that's because i did something here that i often love to do which is to take the one rule we have for this recommendation podcast series and i threw it out the window Nice. Yeah, this next recommendation <laughs> was not released during the second quarter of 2022. Yes. Yep. I, I tend to cheat. I, I, we have one rule, and I'm like, mm, I don't know. It's a, it's a t- <laughs> it happens. It happens. On, I feel like every time. I feel like every once. time. Yeah, yeah. well, I, the first day I listened to this album was April 1st. So I listened to it the first day of Q2. Um, but this album was actually released in March. So, okay, yeah. Boo me all you want. Oh, okay. I get it. I understand. But I couldn't not talk about this album because it's entirely possible that this will be the number one album on my album of the year list at the end of the year. And uh, so I have to talk about it on the podcast at some point. And I figured now is as good a time as any. I mean, it's better than me doing this in Q3, I guess. <laughs> that would be great, too. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> just, Super behind. <laughs> right, I'll do it in Q3 of next year, maybe. Um, <laughs> so the album I'm talking about can finally get to that is uh, Topical Dancer by uh, Charlotte oh, Digerie. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte Digerie and uh, Bolise Poupoul. God, I hope I'm pronouncing that as best as I can. Um, so Charlotte Digerie and Bolise Poupoul are a Belgian electronic music duo. Uh, Topical Dancer is their debut album as a duo. Uh, primarily speaking, Charlotte Digerie handles the vocals and the lyrics, while Bolise Poupoul handles the production. Um, I suppose to kind of summarize this album's appeal in just one takeaway, 
The album's title gives it away, A Topical Dancer. This is an electronic album that is both incredibly fun to listen to and also full of great social commentary. Um, I'll start with the fun, uh, much of which, uh, but not all of it, lies in the production aspects of this album. Uh, here, Bolis Pupool is just incredible. He cooks up a variety of dishes using four primary ingredients, just synth, bass, drums, and vocal interpolations. That's it. A vast majority of these instrumentals, if not all of them, are composed using like these building blocks, but none of them sound the same. Uh, so this combination can result in a song like uh, Blenda, for example, which is more of a rugged kind of bass heavy dance banger, or it can result in a song like Reappropriate, which is more of a relaxing, pretty restrained instrumental. And then a song like Mantra kind of has both of these qualities. It's relatively calm until the chorus hits and it has this sort of like stank face beat switch to it. Um, so it's really fun to listen to just like an instrumental album. Um, but Charlotta Digery herself, uh, her contributions add to the fun as well in my opinion. Uh, there's a song on here, I can't pronounce it, but uh, the title translates to This Is Not a Cliché. And I think the definitely not cliché at all lyrics are just hilarious. Um, I throw my hands up in the air, wave them like I just don't care. I'm down on my knees begging you please, you're not like the other girls, you're cold as ice, I want to make you feel real nice. I just think it's really fun. Uh, it's ironically very cliche, of course, but unironically very catchy. Uh, the instrumental, I guess intentionally, now I'm thinking about it, kind of sounds like it would suit a runway model show. Um, and there's plenty of fun song ideas on this album, uh, many of which are kind of more experimental, uh, such as the Talking Heads referencing song Making Sense Stop. Uh, the vocals indeed stop making sense by the end of the song because the vocals get progressively more distorted with every verse, which I think is a pretty neat idea, and it ends up sounding pretty fun even though it's very whacked out. Um, and there's a song right after that, I think, called Ha Ha, which is literally just a track based around a sample of Charlotte Adigiri laughing. Kind of just fun, fun, like, hey, we came up with this idea, let's throw it on the album, let's have some fun. So, while this album is fun, the album is called Topical Dancer. It's not just Dancer, right? There's plenty of social commentary on this album. Um, excuse me. Reappropriate, for example, it's kind of the centerpiece of the album. It's a song about reclaiming your sexuality because it undoubtedly belongs to you. Um, Charlotte Adigiri, by the way, is a black woman, which is important for much of this record's content. A lot of this album's about uh, gender, race, sexuality, etc. Uh, Mantra is a song about kind of letting go of your negative thoughts, your fears, your overthinking. Uh, the song Hey is a very positive song about equality and unity in which Charlotta Digeri kind of portrays this embodiment of pure unity. You know, someone who is all races and all genders, religions, sexualities, etc. Um, but what kind of makes this album a little different is because there's fun and humor to be had within this commentary as well. It's not like an album that sounds fun but is lyrically just super serious. 
I actually love that this album provides plenty of valuable messaging without taking itself too seriously. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. like one of my highlights is the song Esperanto, um, which begins with like legitimately poignant questions. Uh, are you polite or political? Are you correct or cynical? Are you open-minded behind closed doors? I like that wordplay too. Um, so there's a serious conversation to be had there at the beginning of this Esperanto song, but the song later becomes a sort of a PSA on microaggressions, which sounds serious, but it's kind of a bit on, on this song, or at least like a half bit. Uh, you know, during this part of the song, uh, Charlotta Digeri goes through a bunch of examples taking the form of like, well, don't say this microaggression, say this instead. Um, <laughs> and like some of yeah. them are serious, but a lot of them are actually kind of pretty funny. Uh, there's a lot of humor on this album and I don't want to spoil all of it, but I do want to point out a couple of examples here. I love when she says, um, don't say, but where are you really from? Say, I don't see color, which is just yeah. replacing one microaggression with another one. Uh, And I love, um, don't say I would like a black Americano, say I would like an African American, please. So yeah, just kind of funny stuff. Um, The kind of amusing racial commentary continues on the song Blenda. Uh, You know, the chorus is like someone telling her to go back to her country where she belongs. Um, But she doesn't really know where that is. So she like asks Siri and she asks like, you know, how far away that place is. Um, Just kind of like kind of pointing out the absurdity of that dumb question or dumb comment. Um, and I haven't even talked about maybe my favorite song on this album. Uh, and even if it's not my favorite song, it might be kind of the best example of everything this album has to offer, uh, from the creativity of it, to the production elements, to the commentary, to the humor. Uh, the song is called It Hit Me. Um, Charlotte Adigeri's vocals are pitched higher on this song because it's from the perspective of when she was only like 13 years old. It's about an experience she had at a field hockey practice. Again, this is like a Belgian duo. <laughs> um, but at this practice, like a bunch of men stared at her and they whistled at her. You know, one of those like cat calling, you know, yeah. one, I can't I can't whistle, but that's kind of what it sounds like, right? You and I know why they whistled at her. Anyone listening to this song knows why, but her 13-year-old self didn't really understand why at first. You know, she kind of thought maybe something got caught in her skirt or something and they were kind of pointing it out. But then suddenly she understood why, right? Uh, She says the title, you know, she's like, suddenly it hit me. And then when she says that, the production also suddenly hits. And it transitions from this like minimal, very tasteful, kind of in the background instrumental to this massive industrial, just banging chaos of an instrumental. It hits so fucking hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And later on, those whistles actually kind of become part of the instrumental in this really nice touch. Um, so basically, the song has everything I love about this album. It has the poignant subject matter. It has the minimal instrumental moments, the massive instrumental moments, uh, some great creative vision, originality, and it even has some humor in the final verse where she recalls this like ex- like experience she had while attempting to flirt with food, but it didn't go well. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, this album overall is incredible. Uh, like Ethiopes, there are just a couple of songs here that don't quite measure up to the rest of this album standards. Um, neither album has any bad songs, but you know, neither album is like consistently 100% A plus perfect either. Um, so yeah, shout out to uh, Charlotte Adigeri and Bolis Pupul, neither of whom I was familiar with before this album. Um, but I'm giving Topical Dancer a nine out of 10. 
And uh, yeah, dude, I, I think this album's great. I think they're coming to St. Louis soon, so I might try to catch them. Anyway, just great stuff. That yeah, that that was awesome. Yeah. That was a, such a great breakdown of that too. Thank you. You're bringing you're bringing out such heavy hitters right now. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, you know, the, these albums have given me a lot to talk about, so uh, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is one like. I checked out later because I'm like, okay, I saw it has good reviews. I'd never heard of either of these artists. I'll get to it eventually. And like, I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of electronic music, I guess. Or at least I can kind of put it on hold. But like, man, this actually just straight up might be my favorite album of the year. So, yeah. 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 I I checked this out later than you did, too, because I Mm. I did it purely off of your recommendation again. Oh, there you go. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is great. I feel like there's a there's a theme here with your recommendations so far, where it's been albums that I checked out because you recommended to me. But mm. now that you're talking about it, I feel like I'm getting an even better understanding of what they actually were. So, well, well there you go. And the reverse has been true at least one album into your recommendations. So, nice. there you yes. have it. All right, let's see if this next one is the case. I actually don't know if if. Uh, that this is the case for this. I don't know if you've checked this one out yet. I, I checked out Drake without your recommendation. On oh, other. okay. Yeah. All right, never mind then. We can move <laughs> on to the third. <laughs> All right, what do you got? Definitely not. Um, although this is a very moody-ish uh, type of uh, album, I guess. Okay. Not <laughs> okay, so if you're into Drake, you might like this album. That's what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah sure. Why not? <laughs> I'll recommend this to the Drake fans too. <laughs> I love it. This gets my <laughs> well. I could go with the bit. I was going to say my Portishead uh, mm. award, but I'll say my Drake award. <laughs> <laughs> what a diss to Portishead! <laughs> oh god, pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I could see Drake getting into trip hop uh, eventually. God. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, a. And the, uh, an album from <laughs> Irish uh, trip hop band Just Mustard. Mm. And the album is called Heart Under. Um, ha- have you checked this one out? No, but I actually uh, just added it to my list because I saw it like getting hype on indie heads for like best albums of the year so far. And it was one yeah. of the ones mentioned. So, yeah, I need to get on so, that. So, yeah, like I, I listened to this uh, quite a while ago in quarter two. And I, I think that I like uh, mentioned it to you, and I was like, this was really cool. I'm not sure how I feel about it totally yet. And then I kind of left it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as the quarter's gone on, I've I've gone back to it a few times. Um, I've just kind of like sat with it a little bit more, and it just keeps getting better. This is mm. just a very strange project um, that is like a lot of elements of uh massive early massive attack and Portishead, um just classic trip hop but also just very goth rocky indie rocky style too it does it and uh, a lot of industrial elements into it as well like there's it's just a very strange album that um i don't know really where to place it but i also just keep coming back to it and uh, you know it doesn't really matter um it's just it there's a very down tempo mix of all of these different styles um the guitar work on uh each track is usually so like deep and simple and very dark 
uh, it has the kind of similar to you know what I was saying about the uh, Blue Dow Snored record, where it was like both frightening and calming at the same time. Hmm. This is like kind of the flip side of that, where that album is a lot more frenetic and chaotic and uh, fast paced. This is a lot more somber and just stripped down, minimal, uh, very peaceful, but also kind of unsettling. Hmm. Um, especially when all these industrial sound effects are coming in and out. Um, there's this driving beat that, uh, that keeps things going. Uh, and uh, yeah, when, when, when these industrial moments uh, come crashing in, it really is like this cacophony of sound that just is super enveloping. The vocals uh, are placed back kind of with the shoegaze style. Um, it really swallows up everything, but they always manage to bring it back to um, this moment of serenity, and the guitar work usually leads into that. Hmm. And uh, it's just—it's so strange and weird and uh, calm. This is the kind of stuff that um, just really fascinates me. I, I have a theme on on these recommendations, you know, so far. Um, We'll, we'll see if that translates to the next one hmm. um, of of it being both parts uh, frightening and calming I you know like I just said that's the kind of stuff that I just feel naturally drawn to a lot of times anyway and uh, and this one especially is just a uh, a really a really great addition into that style of music because it's kind of unlike a lot of things that I've heard out there even in terms of like the trip hop and more industrial sounding stuff it's 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 just a really cool blend of, of sounds um, I will say it has some of the same uh, elements as the last record that I was talking about where it does feel a bit um, samey from front to back but um, there's a great there's a great moment um, when it gets about halfway through, more closer to the back end um, with this track early, that it starts to get a little bit more straightforward of like a melodic indie rock, goth rock type of sound. Okay. And um, you know, before that, there were kind of like the the listeners kind of facing with a lot of uh, industrial, fuzzy, weird, grinding, swirly, psychedelic stuff uh, that also just feels very somber and melancholy. Uh, so it can be a lot. It can be pretty disorienting. Um, but it starts to get a little bit more straightforward, and that kind of progresses all the way through the back end. So you're, you know, it. There is some level of variety to this that um, is. It doesn't make it totally like um, repetitive from front to back. And I really like the grooves that are added in on like uh, the, uh, the uh, track In Shade. Um, there's this dynamic range that's really explored on the back half. And uh, it, again, f from half to half, it's a little bit samey, but the, I, I can appreciate the variety that's kind of in both of those halves um, mm. to the extent that it keeps my attention the entire time. And uh, 
yeah it's just like it, it's uh, also one of those albums lyrically that just offers the listener a whole world of like open to interpretation stuff and hmm. I like that um, I think that it has to it, it doesn't have to be but like it really helps to be in the context of something that's as well produced and as instrumentally weird as something like this because um, you know lyrically if you're kind of leaving things super vague and you also are like kind of doing i, I guess yeah if you're doing like a singer-songwriter record and <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah kind of leaving things vague it's like it's like what are we doing <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah so um but i i i like that it's a really mysterious project um you're kind of left to make your own associations with it um I, yeah, like I said, I think that it, it starts to drag at certain points due to some of the similarities in the production choices and, you know, some of the predictability behind, like, you know, when the instrumental is about to, like, come crashing down. Uh, but, you know, overall, those aren't really complaints that I have uh, that, like, uh, are, are big negatives because it's such a thoughtful and unique project. Um it has as much re-listenability to it as it does bizarreness uh, that I, it just keeps catching my attention. I just love going back to this and finding out all these new, strange instrumental moments that are uh, that that have been placed on here. Um, yeah, it's a it's another very solid eight out of ten for me. Yeah, I, I remember when I didn't add this to my list initially because when you did talk about this album to me you it's just like you said you're like oh this is pretty cool we'll see how much i come back to it and um you know i'm glad you seemingly have so uh, mm -hmm. and it sounds like something would be kind of up my alley too uh especially me being like a drake fan and all that uh, yeah so, well that's that's what i uh yeah that's why i said it well yeah so <laughs> i yeah. know you i know drake like <laughs> i i should add it or i should listen to it soon it's on my list i should probably check it out soon though uh i've had yeah. a ton on my list lately just because i've been through this uh you know i i went through a bunch of like albums of the year so far lists you know mm -hmm. um and so now my list is like super big i was like oh, yeah I, that's kind of how i am too because i'm seeing all these there's always like you can always find so many albums that you're missing no matter how much music you listen to so mine is now that too where i'm like okay now i gotta listen to all these albums that i didn't listen to in this quarter right yeah right <laughs> yeah i should have listened to just mustard earlier because then i might have a recommendation that's actually in the second quarter uh which is pretty good for a podcast which is uh you know the entire premise of the episode is that um uh, that 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 uh that recommendation that you, the topical dancer recommendation was so good that it, it can count oh well well thank you i appreciate it and uh you know in retrospect could we have talked about that album instead of like papa roach yeah maybe right <laughs> <laughs> but but we can't but come on <laughs> we knew what the people wanted that's right <laughs> um this next award for me uh the award is potentially my album of the year no I'm just kidding no 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 okay no 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 no, no, no. Uh, so this one is uh, the album that solidified my identity okay super serious stuff here so uh, so last summer right I came out as asexual which you know pretty big deal for me but also 
very importantly, last summer, I also came out as a rude boy. That's right. Yes. On this very podcast, last year's Q2 podcast, in fact, I came out as a fan of ska music. All right. And on that episode, I recommended Jeff Rosenstock's album, Ska Dream. So if Ska Dream is the album that kind of piqued my interest in modern ska music, then Jer's new album called Bothered Unbothered is the album that solidified my fandom of modern ska music and solidified my new identity as a rude boy. Um, I'm absolutely loving this new Jer album, man. Uh, Jer is an interesting figure in modern ska music. Uh, They're not only a fantastic ska musician, but they're also like a real ambassador for the genre and for other great modern ska musicians. Um, For example, their pinned tweet right now uh, by the way, their Twitter handle uh, and their handle on like other social media sites is Scatoon Network, uh, which, I, which I think is pretty great. Um, but yeah, their their pin tweet is actually just a long thread of just shouting out great recent ska musicians, and it's a genre that kind of needs some ambassadors because ska has this reputation as like a fad genre that peaked in the '90s or whatever. Uh, it's a genre that's kind of a meme. I mean, I've even played into that a little bit. Uh, it's a genre that is often critically panned, uh, which is a shame because there's plenty of good ska music out there right now, like this new Jer album. Uh, Jer, J-E-R, by the way, all caps. Um, so yeah, Bothered Unbothered, you know, Bothered slash Unbothered, uh, features a lot of what you might expect or want to hear on a ska record. It's really fun has a lot of energy it has these memorable sing-along melodies and choruses it runs the ska gambit from punk to reggae and everything in between and it's a quote-unquote summer album it's probably my summer album of 2022 uh, which is not necessarily saying that this is the best album released during the summer though it, it might be honestly uh more so what i'm saying is that if the sun's shining the weather's nice and I want to like drive around with the windows down. I'm probably going to Bothered Unbothered before I go to many other records. And if you've heard it, have you heard this album, by the way? No, I haven't. I was going to say, this is, I'm, I'm loving hearing this because yeah. I haven't listened to this yet. Yeah, I think you would like it. It's a very likable album. Like Of all my recommendations today, I think this would have the easiest slash highest approval rating. Um, this, it's pretty easy to get into. Like I said, it's fun to sing along with, great melodies, Instrumentally, it has all the components of a good ska record, especially horns. You know, Anyone who listens to this podcast knows how much I love horns, uh, which are not only frequent on this album, but memorable. A ton of great horn solos throughout the record as well. Just horns, horns, horns everywhere. Awesome stuff. All Gotta about love that. it. All about it. And, you know, the guitar work and the drumming are pretty fantastic as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, but even with this like typical ska instrumental bass line, there is some variety on this album. Uh, the song Cold Truth kind of leans into this power pop direction with what appears to be like a synth work line. Again, anyone who listens to this podcast knows I'm all about power pop as well. Uh, the song Maybe is the slowest song on this album, and it's based around this guitar riff that honestly reminds me of like American football, just kind of that clean, maybe a little Midwest emo in there. And, and this is an instrumental variety per se, but there's 
a little bit of auto-tune on this record, and there's like a rapped verse or two on this record that just kind of adds to the diversity and kind of distinguishes it among other ska albums. Um, but the classic ska-ness of Bothered Unbothered lies in its lyricism as well. You know, the, song, the, the content of these songs is what you might expect, right? Very political and in a way that's like communal as well. Uh, so throughout the record, Jer talks about the oppression of minorities, uh, the ills of like the system at large, the mental illness that comes with the awfulness of society, you know, etc. It's all pretty great subject matter. Uh, and some individual song topics kind of stuck out to me as well, such as Clout Chasers. Sorry, that it has like an exclamation mark at the end of the title. Yes, so, yeah. yeah. Well, you got that's. I think that's how you're supposed to say it. Right, clout chasers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, it's a song about kind of people not caring about Jer until they started getting fame. And I also like the song topic on "You Got Your Card Revoked." Again, another exclamation point, <laughs> which is a song all about their identity and how, while like well-intentioned people are supportive of Jer. That doesn't really stop cops from pulling them over because of their race, and it doesn't stop their mom from nearly disowning them because she saw them wearing a dress one time. Uh, I really like the lyric on this song, I shouldn't have to prove myself, especially to the likes of you. I shouldn't have to prove myself just because you need to get a damn clue, which is a kind of a nice reminder that it's like our responsibility to educate ourselves about you know people that differ from our own experience. Not on them to teach us it's on us to learn um and so while we're on song content i think there's another kind of interesting overarching theme to this album you know it, it i don't think it's a coincidence that this album is called bothered slash unbothered uh it starts in kind of this mental chaos and progressively gets more like i don't know like accepting or optimistic maybe just kind of like mentally in a better state uh, it begins bothered and ends unbothered, I guess. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, so the opening song is called Bothered, and it's about just kind of general frustration with the system and with the current political climate. You know, they're losing their mind because, like, we can't even agree that the issues that need solving are actually issues. Like, we can't even get there. You know, we can't even agree on who deserves certain rights. Uh, you know, like, how are we supposed to solve anything if we can't even agree on what the problems are, you know? So kind of, you know, just kind of that frustration that I think a lot of us feel, that's what the opening track, Bothered, is all about. On contrast, the uh, closing cut on this album, a very cathartic song, is called Unbothered, right? And it's cleverly kind of a musical reprise of the opener. I love the musical callbacks to the opener. I think it's pretty well done, but not so similar that, you know, there's still two different songs. Um, and this song is much more kind of optimistic than the opener. They say they're done losing their entire life. You know, they talk about how they believe that there's power in numbers. They believe that there's more good than bad in this world. And the album as a whole is sort of a journey from like that negative state of mind to the positive state of mind, especially from someone who is very online. Uh, you can hear the progression in Jer's lyrics kind of as the record goes. So the lesson learned throughout the album is that, you know, things suck, but there's some reason to be optimistic. Not like everything is okay, but like everything can maybe be okay someday with enough like collaboration and hope and effort, discipline, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And so that message may understandably ring a little hollow to some people, especially given like recent events. And 
honestly, I think Jer is more optimistic than I am. But at the same time, I think like in order for things to change for the better, like some people have to be optimistic. There has to be like some optimism. Like if all of us are mm-hmm. as pessimistic as I am, nothing's going to change, right? So it, there's a lyric in the middle of the record uh, on an album highlight called Decolonize Your Mind. But before we decolonize this world, we must first decolonize our minds, programmed our entire life by the empire. We must kill the cop in our head, for we cannot build a brighter future if we cannot envision a brighter future. And that's kind of the general thesis of like this entire album. Damn, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's pretty nice, right? Uh, but unfortunately, I'm pessimistic to where like if I were to read that lyric, I'm sure someone's just going to hear the words kill cop and decide like, oh, whoa, <laughs> what? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But the point being made, right, like we have to be positive enough to think that change is possible, I guess, which is understandably, uh, like, difficult (laughs) to to believe. Especially right now. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, like I said, I I, maybe I'm not as optimistic as Jer, but, you know, I think it's uh, that sort of optimism is appreciated and honestly maybe necessary for things to get better. So, in general, I think if you enjoy ska music, I think you'll enjoy this album. It fundamentally has a lot of what makes ska music great, and it has enough originality to kind of differentiate it from other ska music. Uh, I'm going to say a very music critic phrase here. Um, this album yes. just kicks fucking ass, man. Like, it, it just, it's so cool, dude. Yeah. I, I love the energy, I love the instrumentals, love the vocals, and I love the lyrics that Honestly, they like they work just as well within the context of these songs as they work without the context. Like these lyrics could easily be tweets or bumper stickers or you know protest sign slogans, you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sonically, it just kind of has that vibe that makes you want to pick up a skateboard, as all good Scott records do. It's a hot weather album that has hot energy behind it. That second cup of coffee energy. Um, yes, that 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 watermelon <laughs> seltzer energy. Apparently, um, I would love to see Jer in concert someday, uh, and I've said that with Jeff Rosenstock. And Jeff Rosenstock was actually here recently, but I was not free that day, uh, so that was a bummer. But anyway, uh, brief side note: I think the album artwork is wonderful as well. It kind of has that bothered versus unbothered duality with a fun art style. So. Um, there are a couple of songs on here that I think are just about as like standard ska, you know, whatever you're imagining a ska song sounds like. A couple of songs do sound like that. It's a little standard in that regard, um, but overall, I'd say this is pretty great stuff. I want to thank Jer for this. Jer, Jer, uh, Jer. <laughs> <laughs> want to thank Jer for this album. Sorry about that. Uh, and I want to thank, honestly, Anthony Fantano for the recommendation because I haven't seen any coverage of this album elsewhere, and I, I'm not necessarily yeah. on a bunch of like ska message boards either. Um, so in the spirit of Fantano, I'm giving Bothered Unbothered a decent to strong 8 out of 10. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I love that too. Yeah. It's a very, very good record. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I I added it to my uh, to my oh, library nice. to like as you're talking about it because that was like that was a, a great breakdown and the sounds so interesting too. Yeah, it's like right. It, it's it's uh, like I said, I think it's gonna have the highest approval rating just because the surface level it's so damn uh, undeniable. Like it's just good. It's kind of hard not to like it. Yeah. And then the subject matter and this kind of concept that I've been parsing out 
adds a lot as well. Um, so yeah, shout out I'm, to uh, Jer. I'm very happy to be here for this uh, this full transition into the ska music, Will Bros. Oh, I, I'm I'm all about it, dude. I uh, I actually just saw a tweet from Ska Two Network uh, right before <laughs> we uh, started potting, and it was something like. It's Scott Two Network, but the S is the S that we all drew in our notebooks in grade school. <laughs> I'm like, I'm all about this now. I'm all oh, about that's this. Great. I, love that. <laughs> I am all about this thing. And honestly, they have like fifty five thousand plus followers or something like that. Like they're, oh, nice. I think they're bigger as this sort of ambassador or this like personality of ska music than they are maybe even as a musician. Um, so yeah, honestly, shout out to Jer. Uh, would love to like. I'm gonna look up their tour schedule if they have one. Because uh, God, what what fun that would be. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'll definitely check this one out too. Yes. I wanna I wanna try to ride the coattails of this of this ska. Uh, yes. Of, of of your like descent into the ska music yes, world. Yes, get the checkerboard shirt. And honestly, yeah. now's a good time to do it again. Super summer atmosphere on this thing. So yeah. That's awesome. Nice nice work there. All right, what's your uh, what's your last one? All right, yeah, this is um, the energy mm. I guess is kind of um, I mean not nearly as like <laughs> optimistic or um, yeah, I feel like I've been kind of a downer on this podcast a little bit. Yeah, that's that's all right. Um, but, you know, I mean the the Blue Ghost Nord record is not depressing by any means. Um, and neither is the just mustard really. It's just the, the there's some darker energy to them. Yeah, and the Billy Woods isn't like a, a nice walk in the park either. You know what I mean? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> that one's probably the more depressing of any of these. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, that being said, the the energy from those albums is uh, somewhat present on this too. But this gets the Catharsis Award. Ooh, I love that yeah love love how much just energy is on here um but more importantly how well it's expressed and how like just Mm. how great you feel after each track and and especially by the end of it Um, and a subcategory award uh this probably is of all three albums on here the only one that i'm uh I'm more likely to maybe recommend to my dad. So, like, oh. the dad recommendation award maybe a little. Okay, very nice. Yeah, so you got yeah. Drake for, like, you know, Gen Z. Yeah, And then right. this recommendation... Well, that, that, that I recommend to my dad, too. But... <laughs> what a great relationship you have with your dad. <laughs> just to, yeah, just to keep things, like, kind of like, what where are you coming from? I'll also recommend the new Drake album. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, the new album from Gospel. Oh, very nice. Yeah, the Looser. Yeah, this also is um, a a an album that is really hyped up by kind of the more, if you know, you know, a type of indie punk Mm. hardcore groups because this is their first album in seventeen years, (laughs) and. I guess that they had bra- broken up like uh, back in like 2005 or six or something. And um, 
this is the the first album since they've gotten back so i always love uh hearing that i i didn't know about gospel before this album came out um i didn't even really know about this album um until yep shout out to anthony fantano again yeah until his review of it and then i started seeing it um on like great your music boards and things like that mm-hmm. and uh man i'm so glad that i checked this one out this is just fantastic um like i said the energy on this album is just explosive um it the lead singer adam dooling has this strained delivery to his uh, vocals that is just like you can really feel him pushing everything that he has into each track and uh, it, it's so visceral and raw and you can also uh, he doesn't lose out too much of like the discernibility in the lyrics either which is strange because usually what happens with that is you just totally lose any context on what the person's is saying whenever they're delivering this much like you know, screaming and energy to it. Um, that's kind of part of the appeal, but it, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. You can really make out, uh, kind of like the touche, a more, mm. uh, lead singer where you can kind of like really hear what they're saying. And it's a, a good lot comparison. of times bands like that, when you're, when they're discernible yet screaming, they get the, the very infamous, screamo tag <laughs> and uh and this band actually has been getting that i i see i see wow. the term screamo i think pitchfork called them a screamo group wow yeah. it's a little misleading i think but yeah okay <laughs> yeah and um and i thought it was funny because i was like what like this is i mean like <laughs> yeah. it, I, this is not at all what i would consider screamo and i i looked it up to see if they considered themselves a screamo group too and i really liked uh adam dueling the lead singer his um his view on this they obviously you know they reject the the scene culture and the screamo genre that come, that they come out of it <laughs> and dueling refers to it as that sing screen white belt and stupid hair shit <laughs> <laughs> oh god i love that yeah, so I thought that that was great, and I was also like, "Yeah, like don't, don't put that on these bands. It's never a good tag. Even good screamo groups, I feel like, don't really want that tag because it just has such a negative and cringy association with it. Yeah, it feels pejorative. Um, yeah, it feels like an insult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. It feels, it feels like the you know kind of old head doesn't get it and just wants to say something that's like yeah it's like calling james blake like sad boy music like i guess maybe arguably but it doesn't sound like a compliment or anything exactly yeah i get what they're trying to say but it seems a little bit you know anyway yeah um yeah this is a very self-aware project it focuses a lot of the angst and frustration of uh like getting older of getting more cynical about the world and getting more cynical about your own views on the world um i had i love some of these like tongue-in-cheek lyrical moments um that also are very like weird and existential there's one uh in particular this one is the unreal is everything where the real ceases to be Hmm. i demand to speak with the author of the universe about some things that are bothering me 
which is like such a really like funny and strange uh, way to look at your own uh, <laughs> maybe like existential frustrations where you're kind of you know in, in some ways uh, being frustrated with the state of the world and with your own uh, place in it is a little bit like uh, demanding to see the management right? <laughs> <laughs> you're saying you know in the all in the in the cosmic vastness of the universe and all these like insane things that we don't understand you're you're sitting there and th- and thinking about I don't want this to be happening to me anymore and there's there is some absurdity behind that and you know obviously he's not ta- talking about um, in a serious way like any of these like serious social issues and um, societal issues and uh, that that and even the existential issues like climate change uh, that are really threatening humanity more just talking about the angst of getting older the angst of just like your own place and your own expectations out of your own life um that's that's more of what i got from it and i thought that it was a pretty funny and uh self-deprecating way to look at at that stuff um without being too uh too hard on yourself too Mm um so yeah and um i think that i think that it's just uh yeah, the, the instrumentally, I thought that this was a really interesting project too because, uh, like I said, I thought that this was one that I was more likely to recommend to my dad. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, all this stuff is yeah. like, what? Why would you recommend this to your dad? Yeah, like, I actually forgot about that. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not recommend. I wouldn't be recommending it to him for any of that stuff. It would be more for some of these instrumental moments because mm-hmm. there's a lot of elements that reflect. Um, early punk um, as well as more modern punk too but it borrows from a lot of classic punk elements classic hardcore stuff mm-hmm. um, like Black Flag um, and it also ties in a lot of very progressive rock elements like especially from a group like Yes um, mm-hmm. and that really comes into play with the keyboard work because there's so much like there's some there's a lot of like organ and keyboard work that's present throughout this album that keeps it in this kind of lighthearted but also very cathartic and um uh grand kind of way the organ always has a a really good way of kind of bringing this big grand spectacle of things um they use a lot of that on here just like yes we used to use a lot of organ on their projects to kind of paint this more cinematic view of their albums um they also use a lot of uh of, of synthesizer on here that just sounds really interesting and odd in the mix uh there's a lot of more modern hardcore breakdowns that are kind of similar to a band like touche amour um yeah i think that i i think that there's uh, songs like the intro and hyper um, they're great examples of how this album kind of decides to keep things grounded. And then another track like SRO with this uh, really weird synth line that kind of goes throughout it is a little bit more surreal and it goes into a uh, still of like a really heavy area, but um, it also, and, and a little bit more of a progressive area instrumentally, but it has its roots in this more classic rock kind of like crate digger, uh, old head mm. type of. Um, 
uh, type of area. And it, it, it fits because uh, the lead singer, again, um, Adam Dooling, he, the, he, when he was talking about this album, he said uh, that they're rejecting the modern musical tropes of the time. He says, we're bored with modern music. If you look through our CD collections, it's like looking through your parents' collection. <laughs> Basically, gospel sound is the result of four people living under a rock. <laughs> So he's got this very like jaded, cynical view on uh, <laughs> on a lot of like things, and even and, and especially I think his own view of things. Right? He's mm-hmm. he's even tired of like how uh, <laughs> how out of touch he is. But <laughs> they really bring that like frustration um, and like self deprecating mentality. Uh, to this album in a way that just connects so well and is not like totally uh, nihilistic and unhelpful in any way. It's really just cathartic and um, and it can be really serious at times, but it can also be really kind of goofy and in like by just turning the uh, yeah just on a dime, it'll just turn into sort of a like goofy. Few, but it does get really heavy in some points. Um, they talk about like all of these. Uh, they talk about all these frustrations with uh, a, a lot of its focus on your expectations from life. This constant struggle between uh, like desire and authenticity. Um, but they also tackle some level of social commentary on here too. They do it in a way that's you know still very uh, self-deprecating and nihilistic but i thought that this lyric line was pretty interesting um he's saying i hope you realize you're a bastard but your father's still around and his straight white version of events isn't how the shit goes down it's real you're falling faster tumbling further down i wish i could tell you that it gets better man but it doesn't it doesn't at all and then it just breaks into this super fantastic (laughs) instrumental line um, it's it's great. It's so heavy. It's so like straightforward, but also weird in a lot of ways. Um, I just I, I think that this uh, this album really encapsulates a lot of elements instrumentally that uh, have kind of shaped my my music taste over the years. Mm. Um, I was like in high school really big into digging into the stuff that like my dad was listening to or like further than that like you know classic rock bands that i was supposed to be really liking and you know i've gotten out of the classic rock head um view pretty heavily since then yeah but uh, this was such a interesting way to see somebody who is still stuck in that mode like he's you know explicitly saying on here but making something that still sounds very progressive and unlike a lot of things that are out there right now or anything that I would have listened to from the classic rock era. For sure. Yeah, so I just thought that that was... um, I I, I think that this one was just such a a fascinating project and really kind of touched a very uh, vulnerable part of myself, I guess. you know, I, it, it just really resonated with me a lot. And, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't really have too much else to say about this, but I, I loved this project. I don't have really that many complaints about it. 
Um, I had my few complaints about the previous ones were how samey they were from front to back. I guess you could use, you know, instrumentally, it's, it's similar from track to track on here, but it's so chaotic and weird and and, uh, and cathartic that it doesn't matter. None of that matters. So um, it's a 9 out of 10 for me. Oh, I love that. That's great. I, um, I love how original this album sounded to my ear even if like Mm -hmm. it it hasn't clicked with me personally but i as i continue to listen to as much music as i have over the past few years like especially now uh, being an album that hasn't really sounded like anything i've heard before that's like an even bigger plus now than it's ever been and um Mm -hmm. that's something i love about this this uh, gospel album it just 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 unlike anything i've heard really yeah, I think it's just funny too that it's like it does sound like unlike a lot of things that I've heard, um, but it's totally rooted in this uh, idea that they're just wanting to go back to how things were before sonically, yeah. right? Like, yeah, they have so many classic rock head elements in here, uh, but it's and like classic hardcore punk stuff. But they they manage to make it work in a way that's like oh this is this is what happens when you're uh, when you really care about like what you're trying to get across sonically I guess yeah no that's that's a good that's a good point and uh, you know I'm like I think maybe the one person who isn't in love with this album like <laughs> everywhere I've checked it's like this is one of the best albums of the year so uh, yeah shout out to uh, gospel it took a second to click for me even honestly like Mm. i knew that i really liked it right off the bat but i didn't like it as much as i do now without giving it uh a few listens through i think yeah nine out of ten is a big threshold for us so for it to get up to there yeah that's pretty great Mm -hmm. uh so you know we've kind of our recommendations i've really run the gambit uh hip-hop black metal electronic trip-hop ska uh screamo no uh post hardcore um yeah yeah. (laughs) so we have about 15 minutes would you like to talk about house music for a little bit yes (laughs) so okay so there was a house album wait i already recommended the drink (laughs) that's right so uh so i think we're it's safe to say we're done with the recommendation portion of this uh episode is that is that right (laughs) i guess that's a place to start yeah um so drake honestly never mind so on this podcast, we like to, we often dedicate like full episodes to Drake albums, or at least last time we kind of split it with Donda, <laughs> fucking hashtag Drama Tuesday, <laughs> certified Donda boy. Just gotta the, be doing that again. Just the dumbest name for an episode title we've ever had. But uh, you know, we like to give a lot of time to Drake. Um, that isn't to say we're like big fans of Drake. We like some Drake music. Um, this one wasn't it though and not only was this not it it wasn't it in an interesting way that necessitates a large Mm -hmm. segment of a podcast to talk about in my opinion drake tried to do a house album which i think is a pretty neat idea Uh, like unironically a pretty interesting Mm -hmm. direction for him to go in um i personally found this to be kind of a miss uh not a miss i found it to be a miss um drake wasn't really doing it for me and you know i've seen some 
positive criticism that at least the instrumentation is pretty nice. I actually disagree with that. I thought it was pretty standard, boring. Like, there was nothing that yeah. distinguished it from any other house music I've listened to. This was kind of a nothing burger of an album for me. The one positive, I don't even know if you want to call this positive, it's kind of a backhanded. I think I've seen people's reaction to this album where it's like, okay, this is comfortably the worst Drake album. Like, holy shit, this is terrible. And I don't like this album. I think it, I don't think it's like significantly worse than like Scorpion or anything yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's around that tier or like Dark Lane demo tapes or, or whatever that was. Uh, so I think it's not great. It's not good even. But I don't know. I, I'll I'll say yeah. I think that this is uh, definitively better than any of those projects. Mm, okay, yeah, I think, I, I'm I think around there. I think it's better than Views. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that yeah. too. Yeah, I, I, no. I'm okay with that take. <laughs> That's not like it's not green. great. <laughs> yeah, it's still bad. Like Views is a terrible album. That's mm-hmm. like a two, three out of ten album. Right. Like, so. Yeah, this I'd put around like a four or something. Yeah, like yeah, it's, but yeah. I'll remember this one. This is what is basically what I'm getting at. <laughs> like Drake really. I mean, he took a risk with this one for yeah. sure. So yeah. I at least appreciate that. And I do appreciate the commitment from front to back. The only track that has yeah, any... Front to almost like, back. <laughs> the last song with 21 Savage, it's like, oh, so we're not doing House yeah, anymore. That, I know, that's what I was about to say. The <laughs> only track that has like a feature and some like regular... Or just the, what I would you know normally expect from Drake uh, is like, yeah, the last track. And it's also like, why is this on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's real. <laughs> I, I that was is so confounding because it's actually not terrible. The Twenty One Savage feature is is, I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it doesn't fit in with this at all. It's just not it's kind of like uh, it's <laughs> kind like, of felt like he accidentally tied it in at the end, and then just was like, ah, whatever. We'll just <laughs> keep it there. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't really, I don't like this album really at all either. Yeah, but I will say I wanted to like it a little bit. I think I like it more than the amount of hate that it's getting for it. I honestly. agree with that. Yeah, that's what I'm trying but to that, get at. It's like I don't like this album. Saying how much hate it's getting, it's getting like. <laughs> Right. Hilarious amounts of hate. It's like, where was this level of hate for really anything he's released after More Life? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's like it's it's this this is deserved hate. Yeah, that Drake should have been getting, but it's way too late, and this is not the album that I think he needs to be getting it for. Yeah, I'm in this weird position where it's like I think some people might hate this just because they want rap music and they're getting house music which i don't necessarily think is fair but yeah that's exactly right i don't like this album because it's not a good house album that's kind of the thing there's i would encourage anyone who got anything out of this album to like check out more house music there's like decent house music out there it's kind of interesting yeah um this wasn't that interesting there were a couple moments where i think he almost got there but um Dude, it, yeah, uh, man. My my thought on it was like, uh, if Drake, if this wasn't a Drake album, mm. like if this was any anybody else that had decided, like if the weekend decided he wanted to get into house music, and this was the exact same instrumental album, 
it would it, but we had the weekends like doing his thing instead mm-hmm. it would be so much better yeah <laughs> like there's yeah. too much too much drakeness on this album i actually do like the idea of weekend doing a house album now that you say it i actually do kind of like that idea yeah uh, especially because he's kind of leaned into these like popular i kind of like that idea but yeah, yeah i can't the thing the other thing is yeah I, I think i've mentioned this already but just the idea of like the how even if this was just a house instrumental album like it's still not that good it's uninteresting yeah. house it if you've listened to house music you've heard these instrumentals a billion times um so i don't know uh it was a surprise drop which makes me think this in drake's mind might have been like kind of a throwaway just him kind of putting it out there uh you know that's i guess a, a theory that's not like there's no evidence to support that but I don't know if Drake is really behind this album either. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that there's the um, he the he dropped it in like uh, as a memorial for Virgil Abloh. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because Virgil Abloh really liked to use house music at his fashion shows, which I really liked. I thought that That's that great. was a great um, idea and like a really nice like pretty touching uh idea to to do that but Mm -hmm. it did not come out well at all (laughs) what a weird thing where like uh when i think of hip-hop artists who were really into virgil abloh it's it's drake and it's also griselda uh yeah that's true yeah it's like the two sides of the of the hip-hop spectrum here um but yeah no i do like that idea again i also just like the idea of drake taking a risk and doing a house album i think that's a neat idea this just wasn't it i'm gonna throw out that four out of ten honestly yeah. i haven't put too much thought into that score honestly i haven't really revisited this album in a yeah while. yeah um so take it for what you will honestly we just kind of threw it at the end of this podcast here because we couldn't really justify spending more than just a few couple of minutes on this thing um, yeah there's not that much to say it's this, like right yeah. it's it's a total it's a nothing burger you know it, normally we would like go into some of the worst lyrics of the record and talk about drake's legacy and all that kind of fun stuff we often do with drake but yeah there just isn't really much material here uh so. that's the sad thing about it too like the most interesting thing that he's dropped in the past like you Shit, know dude yeah. five six years or so like is still really bad <laughs> yeah right what I, I can't even think of what that would be but it it isn't good you know yeah. i remember when more life came out i was like okay this is inconsistent it's not good but it was a mixtape so when he drops an album you know maybe there's going to be more and like more life is better than anything he's put out after that <laughs> so uh i don't know yeah that's i, I was yeah. wrong but um yeah. yeah i think that i think that it's 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 the most interesting thing he's dropped in quite a while, but it's still yes. really bad. So it's just kind of more frustrating than anything. <laughs> like, yeah, I it, yeah. Basically, to sum it up, I think we agree it's not very good, but I think we kind of disagree with the consensus on why it's not very good. <laughs> so yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. So there you have it. Um, that's our uh, second quarter recommendations plus some Drake thoughts podcast. Um, <laughs> You know, we'll figure out what we want to do next time. We're still kind of workshopping that a little bit. But until then, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Patrick, for joining and for the yes. uh, for the Just Mustard recommendation. I need to check that out. And uh, until next time, peace.